0: Well, Merry Christmas, Northside family. My name's Nate, want to welcome you to Christmas Eve services here at Northside. If it's your first time here, really want to welcome you. I got to meet a buddy, his name's James. It's his first time he's here with his family. And uh, we just want to let you know you who are welcome, you are loved here. And we also have about 250 guests in the West Auditorium because this place is full. Can we welcome them and just say hello to them? Want to say welcome to you over there. And online, and uh, now West Auditorium, would you welcome us? <laughs> Thank you. And uh, now, hey, hey, I love just being here on Christmas Eve with you guys. This is just an incredible moment. Uh, whether it's been a while that you've been in church, maybe you've never been in church before, or if you come here every weekend, I just want to say welcome. You know, our heartbeat, our mission statement, it comes from Jesus. And this is what he says in Matthew 28. This is our whole heartbeat is this. It's just we're just about connecting unconnected people to Jesus Christ. And that is the joy of Christmas, that God is inviting us into a relationship with him. We don't deserve it. We don't earn it. But yet he gives us this relationship. He invites us into this, the living God. And that's what Christmas is all about, is that God has come to be with us. And it's overwhelming to think about that. Sometimes we can't totally comprehend it. But this is the good news of Christmas, that God says, I know the condition that you're in. I know what's going on, and I choose to have a relationship with you. As a matter of fact, this Christmas, one of the things that we've done as a church is this. Uh, we're saying the greatest thing that you and I could give our lives to is to know Jesus, because Jesus changes everything about our life. And I want to remind you today, we announced this last weekend, if you don't have a Bible after the service out in our living room, we have free Bibles there. We want you to take one, uh, because next year, this whole series of this idea of God with us, we want to celebrate and actually lived that all of 2023. I'm calling it the Michael Jordan year because it is the year of greatness because Jordan is better than LeBron. And uh, you know, this is, yeah, this is a a 1982 kid, I guess. That's right, right? You know what I'm saying? And I'm looking at 2023. I'm like, man, that's a year of greatness. And here's the thing. Here's what greatness looks like. Greatness in your life and in my life looks like this. Knowing the one who came to die for us and living life with him. Matter of fact, next year, what we're going to do is we have this study guide to help us go through the gospels. It's called Quest 52. It's just a question every week for you and I to wrestle with, to talk about who is the person of Jesus? What is the, really the, the, the idea and the message of Jesus? What is he doing? The person, the power, the preaching, and then the passion of Jesus. And here's the deal. For us Northsiders, this is just 8 bucks. Uh, it's cheaper than you can get on Amazon. You don't have to check on Amazon, all right? And you can grab this after the service. But here's the thing. If it's your first time here today, we want to give you this for free after the service out in the living room. Because we believe that the greatest thing that you could give your life to, the greatest thing that you can know in your life is the person Jesus. Because what happens is this. The more you study the life of Jesus, what you find is this. Everybody he comes in contact with, their lives begin to change. Too many times this is our problem. This has been my problem in my own life is this. I've tried to change myself and then somehow get the blessing of God. And what I'm finding more and more is the longer I follow Jesus is this, all change and all blessing begins with him, not with me. And the good news of Christmas is this, he's come to bless us with his son. This is why we're doing this series this Christmas called Behold, because behold is what the angel tells Mary to do when he announces the good news that she is going to give birth to the Savior. He says, behold, and it means to look up. It's the same word the angel says to the shepherds, behold. See, the greatest thing you and I could do this Christmas is simply just to behold Jesus, and here's why. Because what we behold is who we become. See, too many times we're trying to become somebody else. And Jesus says, It's not about you making yourself. It's about me making you into a new creation. It's about me changing your life. Question for you and I this Christmas is this What has your attention? This Christmas, what has your attention? I mean, what has your heart? What has your emotions? What has your mind? What has your words? Uh, my wife had to uh, call me out this week because of all the weather changes and the service and stuff like this. I basically lived on the Weather Channel app the whole week, right? You know, I don't know about you, and I can just let you know, the, the more I be, beheld the Weather Channel app, the more anxious I became, right? And then my wife just texted me. this, She was in the other room. She just texted me. I don't know why she couldn't just come and tell me this, but she just texted me this. Snow possible anywhere from 1 to 180 inches, maybe. Could start at 7, 8, 9, 10, or 11, Maybe not till morning, maybe not at all. Actually it might rain, right? <laughs> and, I, and that was like just my whole week. Is We changed services and we had to add services. And we had a one o'clock and all this sort of stuff. And I'm telling you this, this is what just happened in my own life is this. What had my attention was the weather. And guess what didn't have my attention? Jesus. And I'm telling you, there is a difference in my life between who has my attention and when Jesus has my attention. See, this is why Jesus came at Christmas. And the thing that that, that I'm baffled by is this. It's who Jesus gave himself to so that they could have his attention. See, this is the upside down story of Christmas. This is the unbelievable good news of Christmas is that he allows you and I to have his attention. Because this is what he knows. The more that you and I focus on him, the more our lives begin to change. Now, some of us you go, Nate, I, I hear you, but I doubt God actually values me. Nate, I'm here today or I'm watching online and I'm not even a believer. There is no way that God values me. There's no way that God knows me, and I know it's a different way of thinking. I'm finding out I have a lot of different ways of thinking than the world. My, my daughter's in fifth grade, and now in fifth grade, what I'm finding is this: it's not grown men and women who are sneaker heads, it's fifth graders who are now sneaker heads, right? And uh, what I'm learning is this: being born in 1982, I should have kept every single thing I had as a kid because now it's worth like a gajillion dollars today, right? It's like they want memorabilia. Matter of fact, I found these pair of Air Jordan 11s. These are in honor of Space Jam. And what I found was this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I grew up with Jordans. Well, now people collect them, right? I'm like, man, I should have kept all of those right back in the day. And this is what I found. If I go on a couple sites, this is what I find. If I go on Poshmark, didn't even know what Poshmark is. They're only 180 bucks. But if I go to StockX, they're $490. I'm like, now who is paying $490 for these J's? Turns out, I have heard of eBay. And uh, this is what I found on eBay. eBay, they're going for $877. Now here's the thing. When I saw that this week, I'm going, who on earth would pay that money? Can I guarantee you this? Tonight, they'll be sold for $877. It's just gonna happen. And here's why. Because to somebody, they're that valuable. To somebody, they will pay That price. Now that sounds crazy to me. I would never pay that price. But somebody's going to pay that price. And here's what we find at Christmas. We go, God would never pay attention to me. And you know what we find at Christmas? God paid attention to us. God would never know me. God would never love me. And what do we find at Christmas? A baby born in a manger, accessible to all see at Christmas what we find is this God values things differently than we value things sometimes we find no, no nobody needs to value me I'm I don't actually have any value and what you find at Christmas is this God values you so much he's willing to give you his son Jesus so that you can be in right relationship with him This is what I love about the life of Jesus. The more you dig in, here's what you find. He begins to live and value things differently than you and I, differently than the world. Matter of fact, what I love is this. Uh, My dad, who did the communion in the video, he referenced Isaiah chapter 9. The beautiful thing is Isaiah chapter 9 was written 700 years before Jesus shows up, and then Jesus fulfills every prophecy in the book of Isaiah Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 4, he begins to fulfill that prophecy in Isaiah. And here's how, he, here's how he fulfills that prophecy by the disciples that he first chose to follow him. Now, if Jesus has first pick of society, who do you think he's picking? Right? He's probably picking some kings. He's probably picking some dignitaries that are loaded with cash and connections and all this other stuff, right? He's probably picking people. That's the way I'm thinking. Man, he probably is gonna get connected. He's gonna pick some people to follow him who have power, who have influence. And you know who are the first two people we find that he picks in Matthew chapter four? He picks two guys from the show Deadliest Catch, right? You know what I'm saying? He picks Simon and his brother Simon Peter and his brother Andrew. Now here's what scripture says about Simon and Andrew. They were unschooled, ordinary men how would you like that to be said of you right you know the only thing you're known for in the bible oh yeah that guy didn't get his high school diploma right great and yet jesus says simon andrew this is what he says follow me i got time for you i want to change the world i don't want to just change your world i want to change the world Through you, do you understand and know how much God actually has his attention on you? See, this is the the beauty of Christmas. What we begin to find is God has pursued us way more than we pursued him and God will continue to pursue us. And I love this in Isaiah chapter nine, verses one through two, it begins to, to show the bigger picture of how God has pursued us. Listen what it says here in Isaiah chapter nine, verses one through two, listen what it says. It says, nevertheless, There will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles. That's where Jesus chose his first disciples. He says, in the land that nobody values, guess what? I'm going to value that land. To the people, nobody values. I'm going to value them. He says, by the way of the sea along the Jordan, that's exactly where he chose his first disciples. People that quit, people that nobody valued, Jesus values. The people, here it is, walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This is the good news of Christmas, that today you may feel like you are in darkness, maybe not just in the season, but maybe for most of your life, maybe you've wrestled with darkness And the good news is this, at Christmas, darkness, in our darkness, we have seen a great light. See, here's what we need to behold this Christmas is this, it's that God meets us in our darkest moments. See, the good news of God is that he meets you and I in our darkest moment. When we feel like we have nothing to offer God, he meets us there. Too many times, this was my picture growing up, even though I grew up in church, I watched too much of the Grinch. And so I thought Jesus was born in Whoville I know I had some whack theology as a kid, right? This is why we need the church family. But this was my thought. I, I thought when Jesus and Mary and Joseph, you know, was going to be born in the manger, they kind of came over the hill, you know, on a one-horse open sleigh, whatever that is, right? And, and they would just kind of go on down. And it was just this beautiful scenery. And it was, a, it was a white Christmas, man. And it was awesome. And it was perfect. No, you know what Isaiah says? He says this. There will be no more gloom for those... Who were in distress guess where the first Christmas showed up in gloom and distress and then here's the third thing in Galilee which means the least of all cities see Jesus isn't waiting for your life to look like Whoville you know what he's saying he's saying is this I'm here to show up in your distress in your gloom and when you feel like you are the least the God of the most comes after you and I See, this is a totally different way to see Christmas. See, Christmas comes into our darkness. Christmas begins to change our story because here's what you and I have in common in this room. Here's the thing I know all of us have in common in this room, no matter our age, no matter if we've ever been to church before, is this, all of us in this room have a story of darkness that we carry with us. If you and I after service were to sit down and have some coffee and eat all of those good food, all that good food that's out in the lobby, here's what you would find is this. I would begin to tell you about my mistakes and the decisions I made in high school. And oftentimes where I have all sorts of insecurities and I carry these things and all these thoughts going on and you would share the same with me. And what we would find is this, you and I have a lot more in common than we think because here's the thing, you and I carry a story of darkness in our life. Story of sin, a story of insecurity. I love what David, one of the most famous kings in the Old Testament, writes in Psalm 139. He's real about his darkness, he's real about his gloom. This is why I love God's word. It gives us permission to be honest with exactly where we are. Listen to what it says in Psalm chapter 139, verses 11 through 14. David says this to God. He says, If I, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me, And the light will become night around me, talking about how much gloom is in his life. He says, even the darkness will not be dark to you, God. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And here's what he says. And he says, here's why. For you created my inmost being." For you knit me together in my mother's womb, and I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. What you see in David's story is this: he is honest about his darkness, and he is also honest about the God who loves him and made him and has come to redeem him. See, Christmas holds the tension of your darkness and God's light. This is the power of Christmas that light comes into our darkness and begins to change us. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing that happens at Christmas. Christmas revolves around relationships, doesn't it? For some of you, you're like, yes, yes, it does, right? You know, tonight, actually, some of you, you're here because the only reason you're here is because your mom told you, if you don't go to church, you don't get to eat tonight, right? And you're like, I'll go to church, right? Like, I'll I'll go, I'll go, right? And you know, that's kind of how some relationships begin to happen. Some of you are like, how do you know, right? You're elbowing next to each other. And here's what happens. Relationships begin to form us. This holiday season, they'll shape us where you go. And what we find is this, specifically in scripture, there is no change outside of a relationship with Jesus. Jesus. See, this is the joy of Christmas that God comes after. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 1, Jesus' best friend writes to remind the church in the book of John, the guy who saw Jesus in verse 4, listen what he says about Jesus. He says, in him was life, and that life was the light of mankind, and the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Light comes into the world, but you and I, sometimes we don't understand the ways of God. And listen to what he says in verse nine. He says, the true light that gives light to every person was coming into the world. And he was in the world, talking about Jesus. And though the world was made through Jesus, the world did not recognize him when he came. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And then check this, yet to all who received him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. See, you don't earn this relationship with Jesus. You receive this relationship of Jesus. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father, full of grace and truth. See, the good news of Christmas is this. God brings everything that we need. He brings grace and he brings truth and he dwells among us. He knows that you and I don't change without a relationship. Matter of fact, I love on the very next page, there's a man who was, had questions about Jesus, but he was embarrassed to ask his questions. And listen what happens in John chapter three, verse one. It says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, which are people who worked in the synagogues, and they knew the Old Testament. He was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And listen what it says. He came to Jesus at night. Here's why. He's embarrassed of the idea that his friends might know that he's coming to meet with Jesus. But Jesus is not embarrassed of him. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with you. This is what I love about Jesus. And if you read John chapter 3 this week, what you're going to find is this. Jesus has all the time for Nicodemus' questions. Today, you need to know that your heavenly father, your savior, he has time for you. The questions and the concerns, the anger, the bitterness, he has time for it. He wants to walk with you through the darkness. Matter of fact, what I love is this. Oftentimes we hear John 3.16, maybe today or tomorrow you'll watch a football game and behind the goalposts, you'll see John 3.16. And you'll think, oh, you know what? I bet Jesus probably gave John 3.16 at his Christmas Eve service, right? You know, and he got everybody together you know, and all this other stuff. And when, when hundreds of people were together, he told everybody John 3.16. No, you know who John 3.16 was said to? to Nicodemus at night when he wasn't even a believer yet in Jesus. Think about that. The God of the universe, the creator of the world says this, I want to give you the most hope in the entire world. He says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God today says, I just want you to receive that. He goes on to say this though in verse 17. Verse 17. For God did not send his son, Nicodemus, into the world. He's saying, Nicodemus, God didn't send me into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. He's going, Nicodemus, it's important for you to have a relationship with me, or else you'll stay in darkness. He says, this is the verdict, light has come into the world, but mankind has loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what has been done has been done through God. Nicodemus had this moment in this encounter with Jesus, and you and I have this moment in this season. There's some darkness and things that you and I carry, and at Christmas, the light of the world steps into our world and says this, I want you to step out of your darkness and into the light of life. This week, uh, I had my first surgery. I had my front right tooth removed, and uh, all I want for Christmas is my... Front right tooth. And, uh, you know, and it's one of these sayings. And here's what happened. It was 26 years ago this month as a freshman in high school, I fell on some ice, smoked my face right on the ice. Front tooth, you know, just landed right on my face, had to go in. Thankfully, they didn't fall out. But about eight years ago, I was on a mission trip. And uh, I found out there was a dentist on our mission trip. And I said, oh, this is so good. My mom has said, I've been drinking too much coffee lately and my front teeth are starting to turn yellow. And uh, she said, oh, I was praying that you would ask me about your teeth. I kid you not, she said that. I was like, really, that bad, huh? Wow. And uh, and she said, yep. She said, said, you've had trauma, they're dying. And she goes, we gotta take care of them went into the dentist and she began to put veneers on him. And uh, the only problem was this. Uh, That was about eight years ago. This year is back in the dentist. And they go, oh no. Oh no, the gum is dying around it. We're going to have to take your tooth. And I'm like, am I going to look like I'm from hee-haw? They're like, yep, yes, you are. Yes, you are. We're going to have to take that out. I was going to show you the picture. I wanted to save your Christmas. And uh, literally, I've got temporary teeth on right now. So if they fall out, let me know. All right. And, um, (laughs) I just said, literally, they are, man. You just come up afterwards. You're like, yep, those are fake. And uh, <laughs> my dentist told me, he said, listen, he said, your tooth is dying. And here's the deal. If we don't deal with it, here's what's going to happen. It's going to ruin the gum around the tooth. And then it's going to ruin other things. And then it could cause other problems and this and that. And then they, he was just honest with me. He goes, listen, we need to deal with the tooth. And as much painful as it is, you ever had a shot in your mouth well, oh, I've never prayed so much in my life. Dear Jesus, right? You know, like, it was like all this other stuff. And here's the thing, how to go through all this other stuff. Here's, here's what I found out. I had to deal with what was dying. And here's the thing in our life with Jesus is this. This is why he came. He came not because we're all, you know, we're all good and we'll be fine. No, 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 no. The good news is that good. But here's the reason why it's good. Because the bad news is that bad. This is what he's telling Nicodemus. The man, when you stay in darkness, Nicodemus, you will stand condemned. You will not have relationship with your heavenly father. It is that bad, but guess what? I am that good. And at Christmas, I've come to step into your world, Nicodemus. Things are that dark and I've come to save you. Will you this Christmas step out of the darkness and into the light of Jesus. What I love happens here at the end of John chapter 19, when Jesus goes to the cross, he goes to die for all of the sins of mankind. He takes the sins upon himself so that you and I could be set free as we place our faith in him. And then listen what happens after he dies on the cross. It says this in verse 38. It says, later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. Do you hear the reality and the tension of what it looks like to follow Jesus? Some of you are here today, and you go, yes, I'm following Jesus, but I'm afraid of what others think, and I have all these other thoughts, and Jesus says, I know. Keep letting the light into the darkness. With Pilate's permission, he came and he took the body away, and then listen to what it says. It says, And he was accompanied by who? Nicodemus. The man who had visited Jesus at night several months before. And Nicodemus. The man who had early visited Jesus at night, Nicodemus, brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds, and taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen, and this was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. Isn't it amazing that what you find at the end of Jesus' life on the cross is Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus? Two men who are battling through their own darkness, what they find is this, Jesus says, I am the light of the world and I have time for you. See, this is the good news of Christmas is this, is that God makes room for you and I at Christmas. Three of the most popular phrases they say is this, the three most popular loved phrases for people to hear are this, it's this, I love you, I forgive you, and dinner's ready. Those are the three most popular phrases, right? I love you. I forgive you. And dinner's ready. And can I tell you at Christmas, you know what Jesus says to the world? I love you. I forgive you. And I have a seat at my table for you. But here's what you and I have to do. You ready? We have to step out of the darkness and into the light. Step out of our darkness. Trying to save ourselves. Trying to earn our way back to God. And this is what John chapter 1 says is this. Only thing we need to do at Christmas is this. You ready? And this is the only thing we need to do every day as followers of Jesus. Two things. Receive and believe. Receive and and believe. Would you actually say those two words out loud with me on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three. Receive and believe. I love hearing the young kids' voices in there, man. No, it's receive the grace of God and then believe and put your trust in him. Receive the grace. Don't achieve your way to heaven. Receive the grace of God. At Christmas, God is with us. Are you with him. Are you with him this Christmas? I mean, have you stepped out of your darkness and you said, God, you've met me in my fear, you've met me in my messed up life, you've met me in all these places. And you simply receive them. Here in a moment, we're gonna light candles, and it's gonna be a beautiful setting. We're gonna light the candles, we're gonna sing Silent Night. Here's the only thing, you ready? The light is only powerful. You ready? When it's dark. When the light comes into the darkness, this is where the power is. And what we want to do is this. Before we light the candles, before we sing Silent Night, we've asked the team to sing a song over us. And my prayer for you this Christmas is this, is that you would take a moment during this song, and whatever your attention has been on this Christmas, you would put your attention squarely on Jesus. Maybe there's some darkness this year in this moment you need to step out of, and the only way you do it is by stepping into the light, by allowing Jesus to lead you out of the darkness. So right now, let's listen to these words, and then I'll come back, and we'll begin to light the candles and sing Silent Night. Let's listen to these words right now.